Have you ever asked yourself, what's the best way I can contribute to sci-fi and fantasy in the literary world? If you have, the answer is simple. You just have to be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt and host the Sword and Laser podcast. If for some reason you can't be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt, however, don't despair. All is not lost. You can still head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser and help fund their hard work. Every cent you give adds more swords and more lasers to their growing arsenal of speculative literary goodness. That's patreon.com slash swordandlaser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and co-host of Reading Glasses Podcast. Sword and Laser is a book club, but as you know, it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. You are used to hearing Veronica say all those things, but Veronica Belmont is out on maternity leave, and I'm very pleased and excited that Bria Grant has agreed uh, to fill in this month. Welcome, Bria. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. I think you did a great job with the intro. I expect oh, so thanks. much more. It's It was wonderful. You did a wonderful job. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. Uh, you know, with Veronica out, uh, we can get back to a segment uh, that we put on hold because she was pregnant called What Are We Drinking? Great. And what are you drinking? I'm not taking good advantage of it. I'm drinking <laughs> <a> San Pellegrino. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same. I'm drinking um, a, a nice decaf green tea. We are doing this in the afternoon. I think that's, that's a good true. excuse. Yeah, um, that's great. No, but that just shows like you can drink whatever you want in the what are we drinking segment. Doesn't have to be special. My San Pellegrino. <laughs> and now people tasty. have an insight and they know what they know what our afternoons look like. You that's know? right. That's right. <laughs> what our afternoon, uh, our afternoon regimens are. All right. Let's get on into the quick burns. Andrew P. submitted in our Goodreads forum that Ernest Klein was on Coast to Coast Late Night Radio last night talking about Ready Player One and Ready Player Two. I know a lot of people very excited about Ready Player Two. He was on for all of the first hour and probably the second hour, but Andrew says, I fell asleep and haven't listened to all of that yet. Uh, You can listen or download at Coast to Coast AM. Dot com. FYI, you do need to be a Coast to Coast insider to access the downloads, but you can stream it if you're not. That's very cool. I also know a lot of people who are very excited for Ready Player Two. The reviews I'm hearing are really good. People are saying that it's very good. I've been hearing that too. In fact, a buddy of mine uh, hit me up on Discord earlier today and said, have you read it? Have you read it? And I'm like, no, dude, I, I barely could read one a month uh, as it is, but I'm excited to get to it. Yeah, I from what I hear, it's like if you liked Ready Player One, Ready Player Two delivers all of the same stuff that Ready Player One delivers. Like it's all of the nostalgia, all the things that you want and still equally as fun. So very it's exciting. Ready Player One near. <laughs> Two, new and improved. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, no, no, old and still nostalgic. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. So John points out uh, the Guardian newspaper. Um, the Guardian newspaper in the UK has a short list of its best sci-fi and fantasy books of 2020. That just got posted. Um, did you check this this list out, Tom? Yeah, it's not a terribly long list because I think it's part of a wider list of best books of the year. So they just have a few on here and. Uh, a lot of times when we see these, it's like, oh, we read that one. That one was a Hugo nom. But these are these are kind of off the beaten path. 
Ministry for the Future by Kim Stanley Robinson, uh, The New Wilderness by Diane Cook, King of the Rising by Kaysen Callender. I had not even heard of a couple of these. This is a good, good list. Yeah, I, it is a good list. I mean, I think it's a lot of British books. That was my what I got from well, the Guardian it. being in the UK. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 totally. I started the New Wilderness at one point, but man, I was I'm well. I mean, we're about to talk about the book that we picked this week, but for this month. But um, I was like, I don't know if I can handle this apocalyptic book right now, so I, I ended up not finishing the New Wilderness. But I am going to return to it at some point because it was well written. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Katrina Reeds posted, looking forward to Neil Gaiman's novella, The Sleeper and the Spindle, being adapted for radio for BBC Radio 4 on Boxing Day. I believe that's December 26th, uh, featuring Gwendolyn Christie. You might know her from Game of Thrones. Wow, that's very, that is super cool. Um, I love Boxing Day because it's not something we have and I think about it all the time that that's a holiday that we should have as well. Like I want to post Christmas between Christmas and New Year's holiday. Yeah. I'm, I think we should just start taking Boxing Day. Just, you know, make yeah, it a grassroots not? movement. Someone's going to be really mad because I don't really know why it's called Boxing Day, but I'm sure there's like a good reason behind Here's it. Here's the thing. Um, I've looked into that. No one knows. There's all kinds what? of theories no. out there of like, oh, it's because they they boxed up leftovers for the servants back in the ancient days. And other people are like, no, it's because you're getting rid of all the boxes from all your gifts. But like there doesn't seem to be a consensus on where it really came from. That is what I always thought was it's the the throwing away of all the boxes. But I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there might be some bigger thing that I just didn't. I've never looked into this, so apologies to <laughs> being so American centric. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure someone will will let us know if they have a theory. Oh, but, yeah. um, no, we've got. That's we've so got weird. Some Brits no one knows house. where it came from. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, good. John Toloni writes, uh, "Wizard of the Pigeons" is finally out on Kindle in the U.S. Robin Hobb, uh, writing as Megan Lindholm, tells the story of the wizard. He's a mage with subtle powers bound to the city of Seattle. He has to live by strict rules, never more than a dollar on his person and protect pigeons. You know, the rules we all live by. He interacts right. um, with other mystics within the city in order to protect it. Or he's a bum who talks to other weirdos in the park. It's a story about believing in yourself as much as it is that of a dark, submersive force attempting to remove the wizard. The city of Seattle itself features as almost a character on its own with the original city sunken below the modern day one. Wow, that is very cool. It's urban fantasy before urban fantasy became a category. I read this book in college and still had the tiny print paperback. Regrettably, I can no longer read type that small now in Kindle as well as a gorgeous hardback edition. I just kind of assume everything's out on Kindle these days. Like it's, it's interesting to see something that big that wasn't yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, not, not necessarily. I feel like, but this is a problem mm -hmm. for me. I'm getting to the age where I also need reading glasses or, uh, yeah. <laughs> need it to be on Kindle so I can make the writing bigger. Uh -huh. Um, so I appreciate when things are on Kindle. Oh yeah. No, I, I hit that, uh, about, I don't know, 10 years ago. <laughs> so, so I, I know where you're at. Uh, and uh, what happens? It's so depressing. It's like all of a sudden I started having headaches. It's like your eyeballs go flat. Like you need to re Ugh. re pump them up or something. I don't. I don't know. You just need an eyeball pumper. You know. But I I read everything on my phone now because I can I can see it. I I think that's good. I actually have never heard of this book. Just so you know, uh, Wizard of the Pigeons. Is this a? It's a very famous book. 
This is, I, is out of my depth too. Uh, Veronica's the Robin Hobb expert, and I, I, it sounds great, uh, but I was not familiar with it either. I also like that it's a. I I love like a new city where the old city used to be. Like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is always really fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then Mark notes that Nalo Hopkinson has been named as the 37th Damon Knight Grandmaster by the Science Fiction Writers Association. Sword and Laser Wiki uh, has a list of the Grandmasters we've read. Thanks for pointing that out, Mark, as well. So if you want to go back and just find some good reading ideas, I was actually surprised how many former SFWA Grandmasters we have read. But I guess that makes sense because they get picked to honor them. Uh, and uh, Nala Hopkinson is one of them. We read The Salt Roads back in 2004. Wow, that is very cool. Wow. And um, Ursula K. Le Guin is one. Oh, there's some really cool ones in here. William Gibson. Oh, yeah. This is good company. Good company to be in. Very impressive. Yeah, no kidding. It's, uh, we have a streak of reading all the Grandmasters going back to 2009 except for 2017 we have not read jane yolen yet so i guess we'll have to we'll have to fill that gap keep you know filling in the pieces i here. think jane jane yolen has like a really short novella you could read isn't that uh-huh. didn't jane yolen write um i feel like she has this novella so you could you could make it happen real fast is what I'm saying. So yeah, <laughs> you could just add it as like a real quick thing people could read. We could do one of the novellas and make it an alternate pick and and like get it in there. There easy. you go. Yeah. There you Owl go. Owl Moon, go. The Devil's yeah. Arithmetic, How Do Dinosaurs Say Goodnight. Oh, that looks like a kid's book, How Do Dinosaurs um, Say Goodnight. Yeah, it does. I don't maybe I'm thinking of a different I thought she had one about um oh I'm not going to. Yeah, she writes it, a lot of children's books. So we could totally do that. Yeah. Just, to fill, just add that on. Totally. It would be so easy. <laughs> That's great. I oh, yeah. That. This Good one, idea. Finding Baba Baba Yaga. That's the one I've read. Uh, Finding Baba oh. Yaga, a short novel in verse. Um, it's actually like it's a novella, but it's also in like po- it's like a poetry. Oh, cool. Fantasy novella. Yeah. It's hmm. really, it's very, it's very nice. It's, and it's, you could read it in, you know, 30 minutes. So great, great alt pick. All right. We'll have to, we'll have to talk about that. Maybe we'll, we'll just add it on this month as a, and fill in the gap. There you go. Oh, this is, do you want to say this one? Cause it's about sword and laser. Well, sure. Uh, once again, the sword and laser folks are teaming up for donations to world builders, uh, Patrick Rothfuss's charity. Uh, it used to be associated just with the Heifer Foundation, but World Builders does a bunch of different worthy charities now. So it it, it helps a lot of different people out. Uh, and I would say help us collectively reach the $1,000 goal, but y'all are so awesome that when Rob posted this last, like earlier this week, it, we immediately hit the $1,000 goal like that. So thank oh you for God. that. Uh, and, and you can still get in on it. Go to fundraise.worldbuilders.org slash sword and laser. Uh, it helps fund education, opportunity, sustainable self-sufficiency for families and communities worldwide. You can go to worldbuilders.org if you want to check out all the charities that they're involved in. Uh, but it's well vetted and, and we love supporting them every year. So thank you to Rob, uh, for putting that together for us. And thanks to everybody who responded to Rob's call for help. That was amazing. Wow. Yeah. And you never raise too much money. Look, that's keep right. going. Keep giving giving the money. That's a exactly. that's great. If you got it, if you got it to spare, you can help some people out. <laughs> All right. Time for Bear yeah. Your Sword, our feedback from the audience. 
Tamahome writes regarding our confusion between the stand and the strand. We were making some jokes about the bookstore versus <laughs> the Stephen King uh, novel. Uh, Tamahome writes, there's also comic book writer Yarn Sternod who made new tales of the Arabian nights with rich Corbin too bad. You didn't mention that name too, to work into the title. I recall that comic being a good story. Maybe Veronica can name her baby Tamahome. Just kidding. Mostly. Wow. Are we throwing out names for Veronica's baby? Is that a, am I allowed to throw a few in? Uh, you know, there were some names kicking around. Hmm. All right. All right. I'm, I'm going to think about it. Uh, I feel like. You better hurry because the baby's going to be here pretty soon. So get your naming you know, you suggestions in now. <laughs> we'll take a poll. Um, we had a lot of people named Richard submitting stories last episode. So Richard Mar- Marpole tweeted to us. Uh, saying, greetings from the ever-growing region of Richards and my best wishes to Veronica during her maternity. I hope everything goes well. Well, I mean, obviously she should just name the baby Richard. Is that I mean, that seems obvious, right? How did we miss that? Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's... We'll just refer to the baby as Richard no matter what. They have a legion going. A legion. Yeah. It's great. Reading Glasses has their Sarah's. And now Veronica yeah. has, and, and sword and laser, we have our, our Richard group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pre on Twitter wrote, well, now that I just became an American citizen, I am freaking out a lot less about the whole process so I can focus on my sword and laser book. Oh, congratulations pre. Uh, yeah. that's fantastic. And I'm glad sword and laser was there to help you out. Yeah. Congratulations. That's a huge deal. It's quite hard to become American citizen. So, so good for you. I mean, I look at just just casually like, oh, if I was to move to New Zealand, could I, you know, and it's 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 hard to do any country. I, I don't think the U.S. is on the easy side for sure. So that's that's an accomplishment for sure. No. And I remember there was a hot minute where the it, um, stuff was going around. But it was like it's something's going around. It was like these are questions that can be on the citizenship test. And there were questions I didn't know the answer to. And Uh I have a master's degree in American history. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's in American history. Wow. Yes, I should know. There's some government branch things that I forget about sometimes. Although Uh I feel like the last last several years has been kind of a re-education and all of that, uh, just political-wise, politics-wise. But but yeah, no, congratulations, Pri. That's a a huge deal and uh, difficult to do. All right. uh, Let us get into our kickoff discussion for the book of the month. And as we mentioned, we are having folks uh, fill in for Veronica every month and bring the book with them. Thank you so much for doing this, Bria. What are we going to be reading in December? We are going to be reading The Parable of the Sower uh, by Octavia Butler, Um, which... I, as you know, I went back and forth about whether or not this was a good book to pick because I was <laughs> concerned that it was too dark for a pandemic time uh, because it is an apocalyptic sort of dystopian book. But I've been wanting to revisit it. Um, I It's a book that I think of as a book that really influenced me as uh, basically got me into sci-fi in a lot of ways and made mm. and into like dystopian stuff. And it, it kind of opened that world for me. I think I read it, gosh, I mean, maybe 15, 20 years ago now. So I, it kind of opened that world for me. And I think also at the time I hadn't read a lot of female science fiction writers. So that was, that was big for me. And, uh, yeah, so I'm hoping it's not too dark. And if it is too dark, 
Y'all can let us know. I'm very sorry if it is. Just think of bunnies and rainbows. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> it is about our, an apocalypse. Our alt- are all children's book pick later? Or Maybe an all children's book if this one is a little dark because there are it's less stuff. But I I mean it's I think it's also a model for a lot of science fiction that we think of now with sort of the like young female savior sort of character. And um also, so on reading glasses, we talk a lot about wheelhouses. This is something yeah, we'd yeah. like to talk about on the show, um, which is uh the thing that makes you pick up a book no matter what. Um and Multiple people have written in, and part of their wheelhouse is um, like made up religions, religions that mm. someone comes up with in the book. And this is one I think uh, this is one of the books I've suggested for that. And I think of that because um, I mean I don't think this is a spoiler, but that there there is like she becomes sort of a leader. This this main character in this book. Hopefully that's not a spoiler. Is that a spoiler, Tom? I'm sorry. I, I, just realized... I don't know. I mean, okay. <laughs> I, here's here's what I'll say, and I'll take the heat if it's a spoiler. If I'm you've so heard the word Earthseed kick around in relation to Octavia Butler, you're going to get to find out something about that in this book. Yeah. I don't think we're t- saying too much. Maybe you should cut That's it. That's book not jacket sure. copy <laughs> kind of stuff yeah. right there, right? Yeah. And it's been like, it's kind of like spoiling Star Wars at this point. I mean, this book has been around for so long. <laughs> that too, yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, you know. Um, so I don't. So this is a book I suggest for people a lot. Um, but I'm excited for people to get to uh, to to read it, and I'm excited to revisit it. You've already started it, correct? I have, I have, and I and I and I would say like it's it's dark in that it's somewhat post apocalyptic. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people in our Goodreads forum are already saying it re- kind of is almost too reminiscent of some current events, but oh, it's no. not dark like Black Leopard Red Wolf. Uh, it. It's not dark yeah. in in that way. Uh, it's it's more dark in in situation, I think, and and maybe thought. Yes, uh, I know, and I'm hoping. I don't know. I will say like I had I've been avoiding all apocalyptic books. We made a joke. So reading glasses an episode right when the lockdown happened and we did a pandemic (laughs) like an episode about apocalypses. We're like, this is funny. And then it was not that funny. Later, I was like, why did we suggest these books? (laughs) And I couldn't read anything that wasn't that had anything to do with current anything for a while. But now I'm back where I'm like reading my apocalyptic books again. So I felt like I was ready for this. I'm ready for it to happen, you know? Yeah. Not to happen, but to read it. And and if you're not out there, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, Like we said with, with, with all our books, like if it's not your thing, like the whole point of sword and laser is to expose you to different types of books. And if it's not your type of book, you can give it a pass and jump on the next one. But I was pleased with how many people were excited in our threads when this was announced. Uh, it okay, seemed like good. people were were enthusiastic. And our last two books were lighter. So at least it's, you know, it's been a while since we had something heavier. Uh, so I, I think it fits the rhythm of how we pick stuff. In fact, uh, Tessie Dave, our stats master, Uh, said, I'm looking forward to reading this book. I've only heard good things about it and gave us some fun statistical facts. Would you like some fun statistical facts, Bria? Always. Uh, Octavia E. Butler is the fifth author to have two or more books chosen as an official Sword and Laser book pick. Uh, We also read Dawn back in July 2014. She is the ninth, if you include alternate picks. And Octavia is the fifth female author we have read in a row. The 10th female author we have read in 2020 
and the fourth person of color author we have read this year. These are all calendar year records for Sword and Laser. Wow. Wow. That's very good. Yeah. Look at, so- look at y'all. Keeping up the uh, keeping up the the changing of the picks, keeping it uh, keeping it diverse. I like that. Um. So this next one is one that I I felt like I needed. I have a lot in common with this person, but Jenny, um, aka Reading MB, said this will be a reread for me, and I'm a little nervous only because I've had it listed at in my favorites without reading it for 15 years. Ha. It is one of the books that started it all going back to reading science fiction. Uh, The one fun class I took in grad school was genre fiction for adults. And I did my final project on feminist science fiction. So of course, included Octavia. Um, From there, I became a librarian. Yay, librarians. And worked with a professor teaching a class about apocalypse and unrest in fiction, which also included Octavia. I did a long spree of apocalypse and dystopian reading after that, 2006 to 2010. I probably would have called my favorite subgenre. I pulled back from post-apocalypse a bit, partly because it got a little tropey and YA focused, partly because I read so much of the good stuff and partly because my own life was difficult and I didn't need it in my fiction. But one light I always held for the parable books is that I they are focused on rebuilding. And that is my wish for 2021, mm. making this the perfect inspirational read, question mark. Uh, we'll see. Uh, there w- there have been a lot of books between th- 2005 and today. And I completely relate to this in every single way. Um, <laughs> uh, I recommend this book. I say it's my favorite, uh, favorite, favorite Octavia Butler book. I actually just read Fledgling for the first time. Um, I, I thought, which I thought was not nearly as good as this as I remember it. But the weird thing is like, it's been so long. I think, you know, you think of these things and you revisit them and you they, you feel differently about them. And I think uh, for me, this was such an important book as far as getting into science fiction and, and learning about science fiction and start like learning, loving it as a genre that I don't know if I'll feel the same way about it, but uh, I think it will always be an important book to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, because you're a different person when you go revisit a book after that much time, right? You've you you've changed, you've added experiences, and uh, I always say when you read a book, watch a movie, uh, anything, play a video game, you're bringing your experiences into the story, and that's why the stories land differently for different people. So if you've changed in the intervening time, then that story is going to hit you differently. Could hit you better, could hit you worse, could just hit you differently. I think. Yeah, definitely. And if you think about how many, I mean, it's been 15 years for her. It's at least been that for me. I, I, you know, we've read what a thousand books since then. I don't know, like just a whole yeah, lot right? of books since then. Um, and so just having all of that collective knowledge may change how we feel about it as well. Me and Jenny, Jenny and I are on <laughs> team, team Octavia. Um, <laughs> but it's so, uh, reading glasses does this reading challenge every year. Um, and, uh, one thing we encouraged people to do this year, was one of our, our reading challenges was to reread a book. I think that was this year. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, um, I never reread. It's something I rarely do. And it was really hard for me to think about doing that because I always want something new, but this is so old that I don't think I'll remember it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that was what kind of what we were saying is that like, we were bringing different experiences to it. And so try rereading a book to see how your life has changed and how, how it how it how it reflects differently in your life, I guess. Yeah, I was I was glad you picked this uh, because it had been on a list of books I wanted to get to at some point, and I uh, I started into it, and I'm not going to spoil anything. Don't worry, but it was very prescient 
in in lots of ways. It was very fitted to this year. So I know some people still need a break from this year, and I totally get that. But if you're if you're ready to get a little apocalyptic, I think it has good insights. And I like what Jenny says about being focused on rebuilding. And it's like, okay, now it's time for 2021. It's time for us to recover from everything that happened. And I think this can be in some, in a lot of ways anyway, I think it can be a way for you to be thinking about things that way. Like, how do I, how do I take adversity and try to make it better? There's a lot of that in this book. Yeah, I hope so. I am looking forward to some rebuilding happening in 2021, personally, emotionally, spiritually, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, for everyone. But yeah, um, I think Tom, when you uh, first you you read a little bit and you're like, "This is dark," and I was like, "Oh no, I hope it's not too dark," because uh, everything feels so dark. But there is something about the new year to me that always makes me personally a little hopeful. I think mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. I understand it's just a calendar. There's really it's just time. There's not it's it's all a construct. But which we've really learned in 2020. But uh, I, I think there is something about the end of the year and wrapping things up that makes me feel like okay. I can keep going. I can I can be positive and I can find things to look forward to. And hopefully this book will help with that. Yeah, it's a reset. We'll it's a reset point. Um, it's a reset. Yeah. I, th- I think that the things that, that you have to wrap your head around is that she wrote this a long time ago. <laughs> this, this was not written this year. Uh, it, it's, it was the first in the series. Uh, I think it was 1993. Uh, is when Parable of the Sower was published. So even though it's set in 2025 and there's a lot of economic similarities that you you might say, it's not it's it's kind of amazing how she did she didn't get events right necessarily, but she got a lot of the feelings right, I think. Yeah. Wow. That's totally interesting. I love when I read science fiction and it gets some stuff right. And I love it even more when it gets it wrong. That's like my, one of my favorite things is science fiction that it's like set, you know, in 2015 and it was written, you know, so long ago. And the, yeah, yeah, and everything yeah, is totally yeah. wrong. It's like the way that radios will work and things like that, that we, uh, <laughs> that like obviously the old, we, uh, the old computers and a lot of old sci-fi, uh, uh where they're like it. set, you know, in the, in the two thousands and the computers still take up whole rooms and, and everything. I know. I love that. I love, I love like 1970s spaceships, like that mm-hmm. kind of shit. Like so, so cool. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't ask if I would cuss on your show and then I just did. I'm so sorry. That's all right. Uh, it can be taken out if necessary. It's not a problem. Okay. And it really wasn't that sorry, bad. I, so it's- I was trying not to. And then I, I, my mouth, my mouth. Well, you're filling in for Veronica and Veronica's always the one that curses on our show. So I think that's perfectly appropriate. Okay. okay I'll try to do, I'll try to do her justice then. Her, her, her and baby <laughs> Richard, over. baby Richard, who I'm going to call little, little Ricky. <laughs> little Ricky. Uh, little Ricky. It's like a Lucy. <laughs> I love it. Well, anyway, thank you for for suggesting this. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys it. And uh, I'm looking forward to being able to talk a little more spoilery about it uh, in the future episodes once you've dived in. Yeah, me too, for sure. All right, a few other quick notes uh, about Parable of the Sower uh, from y'all on Goodreads. Mark noted, for those who read comics, Parable of the Sower, a graphic novel adaptation, was published at the beginning of this year. Yeah, and it looks super cool. Um, The art just looking at it right now um yeah the art is by uh john jennings and i think he 
Uh, yeah. Anyway, it looks super beautiful. Like the cover is gorgeous. Oh, and it has a, an introduction by uh, Nalo Hopkinson too. I didn't notice. That. Oh, wow. That's so, wow. How random. Oh, it looks like he also did Kindred as well. That's so cool. Very cool. I'm glad some of these are getting comic book adaptations. Um, Joanna wrote in and said there is a podcast titled Octavia's Parables doing episodes doing episodes for each chapter of the Parable of the Sower. I believe they uh, will move into the second volume as well. Right now they are at chapter 22. I did read both of the novels years ago in translation. I think now I'll give the audiobooks a try. Very cool. Yeah, I'm enjoying the audiobook performance. It's really good. Oh, good. Now, are you, um, I think we've talked about this, but are you a, are you Audible or Libra FM or what is your preferred audiobook medium? I am stuck on Audible. Uh, are I have you? too much sunk into it. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Because you do, because you do whisper sync, right? I don't. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've done it before. I've done it once or twice, but I almost always just stick to the audio. Oh, okay. Okay. So what I, for some reason I thought that was you. Someone told, I didn't even know what it was. So someone told me about it and, um, it's pretty I'll go great back and forth. Yeah. But I end up, I, I, the one time I did it, I ended up using the ebook part of it like twice. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I'm not sure that it's worth it. Cause you have to pay for one. You have to pay for the Kindle version. You don't get it. You have to pay for the Kindle version and then you add on the audiobook. I think is how it works. Anyway. Yeah. It's like an additional cost. Yeah. It's not, right. it's not free, but, um, I've been doing, cause I'm trying to get through, we're about to do our best of 2020 episode and I'm, I'm trying to get through a bunch of 2020 books. So I'm doing like audio and, and ebook, like to try to get through them so I can uh -huh. like listen all day long, basically. <laughs> um, and I find it hard to go back and forth, but it is like, like it feels like two different books, but mm -hmm. it is a good way to get through books fast. Because well, it's using a different part of your brain. So yeah. 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 The things I picture when I'm reading are not the same things I picture when I'm listening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Anyway, uh, the narrator for the audiobook is Lynn Thigpen. I just looked that up. I wanted to make sure I give credit for that. Uh, the Los Angeles Public Library is holding a talk about Octavia Butler Thursday, December 3rd. Uh, and we're recording this on December 2nd. But even if you're listening to it later, uh, it should still be there on YouTube. Uh, per the blurb, join us in a conversation between Linnell George, author of A Handful of Earth, A Handful of Sky, The World of Octavia E. Butler, and city librarian John F. Szabo about her new book and the award-winning science fiction writer Octavia E. Butler and the lab's namesake. Uh, the program is going to be streamed live on YouTube and Facebook, and you can find more. We'll have a link in the show notes or go to lapl.org. Don't have to be an Angelino uh, to take advantage of it. It'll be there for everybody. That's very cool. The Los Angeles Public Library does some cool stuff like that, which I appreciate. It's very cool. Yeah, I am a, I'm proud to be a card-holding member of the Los yeah, Angeles Public Library. Same. I don't know if you know this, but I hardly pay for any books. I almost only I get noticed, library I because I listen to reading glasses and you're always talking about things on I, hold or yeah yeah. I, yeah I live and die by that hold list I it's <laughs> what I'm reading is based on what I can get at the library when I want to read it it's not necessarily based on what I want to read all the time what's funny is I I use the app uh and I can never remember the name of it but it's the Libby. app that Libby no it's the other one because it Overdrive. does video oh oh hoopla Hoopla. I and you yeah. can do books and audiobooks in there but I always do it for for video I get all kinds of video through that thing yeah, they get they have they have a lot of movies on there. I know. Like, yeah, quite a few movies. I'm in a couple movies I think that are on there because people have been like, oh, you nice. know, you're on you're on hoop you have these <laughs> movies on Hoopla, which I'm like, that's rad. I they, they have random horror movies on. That's very cool. <laughs> a library app. 
Yeah. Well, Bria, thank you so much uh, for filling in this month. It's super awesome to have you here. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to people about this one and I'm excited to revisit and hopefully people like it. If you don't, that's also fine. I'm, <laughs> I really am excited to hear what your listeners uh, have to say about it. Yeah. And uh, they, they are always gently honest with their opinions and we appreciate Fair that. enough. Saying say, that's a, I like a gentle, a gentle honesty. <laughs> our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons too. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. Uh, if you're a patron, you would have known that we were going to read this a little bit earlier than other folks. If you would like to support the show at that way, head to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links, find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, which is operated by Veronica. So I'll try to post up there, but it's at swordandlaser <laughs> in both locations. And of course, everybody's always in our Goodreads at goodreads.com. We'll see you next time. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.